I want to welcome you today to La Harp Christian Church. We are so glad that you're here, so glad that you decided to join us today. Well, I tell you what, I love Easter, love Easter Sunday. Of course, there's one big obvious reason why I love Easter, but there's another reason as well, and because Easter seems to really bring people together. You know, I look out here and I see lots of family from out of town. I, I see people here that I don't usually see at church, and I just think that is awesome. And just to give you like a little two-second shameless plug, we do this every week, and we would, we would love to see you here. We are glad you're here, and I think that's awesome that people, that people want to be here to, to celebrate the resurrection. I think that's great. I just want to let you know we celebrate this every week. It's not just one week. We celebrate Christ's resurrection every week. We would love to see you here uh, next week, the week after that. We'd love to have you back, but we are just so happy that you're here, that you decided to spend Easter uh, with us. Now, when I think of Easter, I think of uh, spring. Doesn't really feel like spring out there today, but I, I think of spring at least. I think of bright colors. I, I think of life. I think of light. And if you think about it, though, even though we think about all those things at Easter, it's kind of this joyful occasion. You really don't have a resurrection. You really don't have Easter without death. That's kind of a somber thought. I mean, death is one of those things that we try to pretty much avoid at all costs, right? I mean, some of us are even, some of you, I should say, are disciplined enough to even watch what you eat and exercise, you know, to avoid uh, dying earlier. We invest thousands of dollars a year in, in health care. Why? Because death is the ultimate evil. We think that's like about the worst thing that can happen. We don't want to die. So we don't like to think about death, and, and death is a difficult thing for us to deal with. You know, I've been pretty fortunate in my life. I've lost two grandpas, and they were both in their 80s. Uh, I did lose one friend two years ago to suicide. That was hard. But other than those few things, I really can't think of too many people that I've lost that I've really been close to. But I know for some of you, you're very familiar with death and with loss. And for some of you, maybe that loss is still fresh on your mind as you walk in these doors today. In death, if we give it power, it even has the ability to, to take our best memories, our sweetest memories, and kind of cast a shadow over them. We think about a memory that we had with somebody that we loved, and, and it's a good memory, but yet there's sadness there because that person is no more. Death, if we give it power, has the ability to cast a shadow over everything, a certain darkness. And it's interesting because if we think about the death of Jesus Christ, we talked about it last week. When you think about his death, do you know what his death was accompanied with? Darkness. Literal darkness. For three hours, the earth was dark. Now, we don't know how dark. We just know it lasted for three hours. But it wasn't just the physical darkness that accompanied Jesus' death. There was this emotional darkness. And we understand that. I'm talking about the, the darkness that we feel when somebody we love is gone. And that's exactly what the disciples were dealing with. They were trying to cope with somebody that they loved that was now gone. And we get that, don't we? You know, people say that we never really recover from losing someone. We just learn how to cope. And that's what the disciples, the apostles, were trying to do. They lost their friend. And they lost him in, in brutal fashion. But they didn't just lose a friend. When Jesus died, the apostles, the disciples, they lost their way of life. And we see it in a couple stories. We're going to talk about a couple stories today. We can see it in these stories that they completely lost their purpose in their meeting in life. And they had taken time from their jobs to follow Jesus. They had taken time from their families to follow him. They had been shunned by, by friends and family. 
There's this darkness now that was cast over their life because now Jesus was gone. But the darkness didn't last very long. It was short-lived. We're going to read today from Luke chapter 24, 13 through 24. Luke chapter 24, verses 13 through 24. If you brought a Bible today, please open up to it. We're going to be looking at a few different scriptures today. If you didn't bring a Bible, there might be one in the pew in front of you. I know a lot of people, they use their smartphone, pull that out. If nothing else, we got it up on the screen here. Luke chapter 24, starting with, with verse 13. It says, That very day two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about these things that had happened. And while they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still looking sad. Then one of them named Cleopas answered him, are you the only visitor in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened here these days? And he said to them, what things? And they said to him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and and word before God and all the people. And how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some of the women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back, saying that they had seen this vision of of angels who said that he was alive. And, And some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but him they didn't see. So just to kind of set up this story a little bit for you, we're going to be looking at a lot of scripture today. And just to kind of set up this story, a few of the women had already gone to see the tomb, and they had found it was empty. And what's interesting to know is that these women, even though they were followers of Jesus as well, they didn't expect to see Jesus alive. They went there with spices. Uh, it was their custom in this day. They, didn't, they couldn't bury uh, people into the ground because it was the, the rocky soil, and so they had to use caves and things like that. And so they would go back, and they would wrap the tomb uh, in perfume and spices. I mean, that's a heavy task, isn't it? And these women are going back to wrap Jesus' body. They don't expect to see Jesus alive. They're going back to see a dead body. That's what they're expecting. They don't think that Jesus is alive. But they find the tomb empty, and they still don't get it. They still don't know what's going on. And there's two angels there that remind them. They say, don't you remember what Jesus said? Jesus told you exactly what was going to happen, that he was going to die and that he was going to be resurrected. So they went back to tell the 11 others, the 11 and the others. There were 12 apostles. Judas betrayed Jesus and he was gone. So now it was the 11 apostles, and then it just says the others, the other followers of Jesus. So they go back to tell these apostles, and they didn't believe them. To them, this story, it sounded a little too good to be true. Peter got up and he ran to go see for himself. But this is a story that included those two of those other people that we just talked about. Followers of Jesus, they weren't part of the 11, but they still followed Jesus. And these guys, it's interesting because did you notice that they were there when the women came back to share what they had seen? But unlike Peter, they didn't care enough to go check for themselves. Peter ran back to the tomb. He wanted to see it for himself. But what did these guys do? They said, let's just go home. We assume that they were from Emmaus. Because that's where they were going to. They had come to Jerusalem for the Passover. And they said, well, there's nothing else to see here. Jesus is gone. It's the third day. We haven't seen Jesus, so let's just go home. So they're on their way home. And all of a sudden, Jesus appears among them. 
he shows up. And you can hear the disappointment in their, in their tone, the darkness in their tone. And what I love about this is they don't recognize it's Jesus. Their physical vision is somewhat limited. And I think that's appropriate, isn't it? Because of the spiritual darkness. Not only did they literally not recognize Jesus, but they didn't remember his plan and what he had told them. So there's a, a physical darkness as well as a spiritual darkness. It said that they looked sad. As a matter of fact, Cleopas was a little bit on edge. He's the only one we know the name of. And we kind of understand that, don't we? When we go through a loss, when we have something in our life that we're, we're grieving over, maybe it's a frustration, and all we can think about is that one thing, and then somebody comes along and they just don't get it. And we kind of snap at him sometimes, right? Like, how come you don't understand what I'm going through? And that's kind of what Cleopas does with Jesus. He says, you know, don't, are you the only one who doesn't know about Jesus? I mean, he's saying, D -d do you live under a rock? I mean, how do you not know what just happened in Jerusalem? He says, are you the only one in Jerusalem who doesn't know what's happened? But here's the saddest part of this whole story. He begins to talk about Jesus. But never in his description does he call him the Messiah, he only calls him a prophet. This series that we're concluding today, I'm a little bit sad that we're concluding the series. This has been like one of my favorite ones we've ever done. And this uh, series is based on a passage of scripture in Matthew. And Jesus, he begins to minister in his own hometown. You know, people that knew him best. And he begins to say things and do things. And it says that people are amazed at what he's saying. But then all of a sudden somebody says, aren't you the carpenter's son? Aren't you the son of Mary? And they choose not to believe. They couldn't believe that Jesus was anything more than just a man. And all throughout Jesus' life, there are people who think different things about Jesus. Oh, he was just a good man. Oh, he was just a prophet. But some people believe he was the Messiah. The same thing happens today. People believe different things about Jesus. Some people believe he doesn't exist. Some people believe he existed only as a man. Some people think he was just a good teacher. But some people, myself included, know that he's the Messiah, that he came to save the world. And we see it here that even the people that knew Jesus best, even his own followers, didn't accept him for who he was. It says they're sad. And they're not only sad because they lost a friend, but they're disappointed. It says, we had hoped he was the one to redeem Israel. It's been three days. You hear those words? We had hoped, past tense. Their hope is gone. They don't have any hope that he's the Messiah anymore. So just a week ago, they had paraded Jesus into Jerusalem, you know, the, the palm branches and the coats and all that, you know, Palm Sunday, we celebrate that. Just a week ago, they had done that, and now they were leaving Jerusalem, defeated, sad, and disappointed. We don't know much about these guys. We know that they were followers of Jesus. They heard his teaching. They heard stories about his healing. They probably even saw some of it with their own eyes. But what I want you to see is that because they didn't believe in the resurrection, to them, Jesus was just a man. He was just a teacher, a prophet. And if you look at these two men, it really didn't count for much, did it? They were lost because they didn't accept the resurrection. But the story doesn't end there. The darkness doesn't last long. Luke 24, picking up with verse 25. <clears throat> And he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them all the scriptures concerning, all the scriptures of things concerning himself. 
So they drew near to the village to which they were going, and he acted as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, saying, Well, stay here with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at table with them, he took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were open, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. And they said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us while, while he talked to us on the road, while he opened up the scriptures to us? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven, and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord is risen indeed, and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. So just like the angel said to the woman, Jesus says to them, don't you remember what Jesus said? Don't you remember what I told you about what was going to happen? And he begins to explain the scriptures. I mean, all the way from the Old Testament through the New Testament, he explains the scriptures. And what's interesting is they don't recognize him until he breaks bread. And then their eyes were opened. And I love what they say, did not our hearts burn within us while he was talking with us on the road? But here's the best part of the story. There's a change in direction here. As soon as they recognize Jesus, you know what they do? They go back to Jerusalem. They'd given up. They thought, there's nothing worth staying around here for. They were going away from Jerusalem, and then they turned back to go tell people the good news of what had happened. All of a sudden, their lives have vision, and they could see I mean, they had lost their purpose, they had lost their vision, but now they've seen Jesus for themselves, and now they have understanding, they have purpose, and they have vision. You see, the Easter story isn't too good to be true. We just have to see it for ourselves, just like the apostles, just like the disciples. I want to share one other story for you. I'll tell you what, I've already read a lot of scriptures, so this one I'm just going to summarize for you, okay? It's going to be up on the screen, I mean, if, uh, if you want to look at some of it, uh, but we're going to be reading... John 21, 1 through 14. I'm just going to give you the cliff note versions, okay? We won't read all these verses. But there's a story, and the reason I'm not going to read this is because it's somewhat familiar to some of you if, if you know much about the New Testament. But what happens is Jesus has already revealed himself twice, okay? And then all of a sudden, Peter is with some of the other apostles, and he's sitting there, and all of a sudden he says, you know what? I'm going fishing. So he takes off, and he goes fishing. The other apostles go with him. And while they're fishing, uh, they're trying to get cheered up, you know. And fishing is what they love. That was their passion. And, and they weren't, I mean, they were sad. So they thought, well, surely fishing will cheer us up. So they go fishing. They fished all night. And guess what? They didn't catch a thing. And all of a sudden, Jesus appears on the shore. They don't know it's Jesus. And what Jesus says is, uh, hey, are you having any luck? And they say no. And he says, well, why don't you cast your nets to the other side? And they do, and they pull up a huge catch of fish. Now, you might think you know this story. It, you, this might sound familiar, but I want to tell you, there are two exact stories, two of the same exact stories that happen in the New Testament. See, this is the same exact story that happened when Jesus first called the disciples. This story happens more than once. It's the same story when Jesus called the apostles, and now the same exact thing happens here. Peter, he jumps out of the boat, and he swims to Jesus. The rest of the guys bring the boat in. Jesus has breakfast prepared for him, and again, he breaks bread, and they recognized who he was. So Jesus has already appeared to the apostles twice, and Jesus, a lot of people don't know this, but it tells us in Acts that Jesus stayed on earth for 40 days appearing to people so that people would believe uh, that he was resurrected. But the disciples, even though they had seen Jesus alive, do you see how void their life is of purpose? 
Even though they'd seen Jesus alive, they didn't have any instruction on what they were supposed to do. And so they're just kind of sitting around waiting. And they said, you know what? Let's just go fishing. Let's go back to what we were doing before. Now, there's nothing wrong with fishing, right? But the irony is that they left fishing to follow Jesus. Remember, Jesus says, come, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. They left fishing behind, but now they went right back to where they started, kind of like the guys that are on their way back to Emmaus. And then to make matters worse, they didn't catch a thing, stayed out all night and did not catch a thing. And then at dawn, Jesus appears on the shore, but they still don't recognize him. And he says, are you having any luck? Now, is this, there anything worse than when you go fishing and you aren't having any luck than somebody coming up to you ask, and asking you if you had any luck? I mean, that's the worst, isn't it? When you've been fishing and you've been at it for hours and you haven't caught anything, and then somebody, they come along and they ask you, well, are you catching anything? I mean, it's kind of like rubbing salt in the wound. Jesus, he says, are you having any luck? And they said, no, we've been out all night. Now they're on the Sea of Galilee, they fished all night without luck, and the same thing happens. It's the same story as when Jesus first called them, and they recognize that it's him. You see, without the resurrection, the apostles, they went right back to where Jesus found them. And just like the two that are on the way to Emmaus, their lives were void of purpose, their lives were void of understanding, their lives were void of vision, they were just kind of drifting And it occurred to me this week, you know, there's probably a lot of people that can relate to that. Just sort of drifting through life without vision, without understanding, without any real purpose. And maybe that relates to some of you. Maybe you feel like you are just kind of fumbling around through this life in darkness and gloom. Sometimes life feels empty or it feels a little dark or or it feels pointless. Maybe it's because you don't know how to cope with loss. Or maybe it's just, you know... The hits just keep coming, or you're just struggling to get by, and you just can't seem to get ahead. Or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe you've achieved you know, everything that you wanted to achieve in this life so far, but it really hasn't brought any real value or meaning to you. You see, the men on the road to Emmaus, they could relate to that. They were sad, not just because they lost a friend, but because Jesus didn't do what they wanted him to do. They wanted an earthly king. They wanted somebody who was going to take the throne from the Romans and bring the Jews back to their rightful place, and Jesus didn't do that. And you know why he didn't do that? Because he had something better in mind for them than they had in mind for themselves, and that's the same with us. Sometimes we think we know what's best, but God has something better in mind. You see, Jesus, he came to establish not an earthly kingdom. Those things come and go. But he came to establish an eternal kingdom. When Jesus revealed himself to them, their joy returned. So it occurs to me that there's a good chance that there are some of you in this room that don't believe this story. That to you it's just a fairy tale, a little too good to be true. And that's what these guys thought. And so they went to see it for themselves. And then they gave up everything to share the message of Jesus Christ with the world. It cost them everything. Their lives, everything. They were persecuted and killed. And I think, you know what? If they were willing to do that, this is more than just a good story. It's real. Some of you, you want to believe, but it's hard because your world is dark. Maybe it's loss. Maybe it's pain. And I want you to know that that is not God's desire. That is not the way God created things to be. That's what we have turned it into because of our sin. I'm not saying your specific sin caused those things. I'm just saying sin in general causes that kind of thing. But Jesus 
is against that. He came to defeat those things. He came to give life. And he doesn't promise that our path is going to be easy, but he promises that there is something beyond this place. But maybe you're one of those that think you have it all figured out. You've achieved everything you want to up to this point, but it still feels empty. That's because he has something better in mind for you. But I want you to hear this, that the resurrection, it changed everything for the disciples. It changed everything for the apostles. And I think it can change everything for you. Because Jesus defeated death itself. And we may sin, and we may die on this earth, but it has no eternal hold on us because he's alive So the Easter story, it's not too good to be true. The message is you just got to see it for yourself, just like these guys. We were singing a song earlier, and we kind of left it hanging, didn't we? When we ended the song, we left with Jesus on a cross, but he didn't stay there long. Something else happened. And there's more to this song, and there's more to this story. I want you to stand together, and we are going to, to spend some time celebrating that today Jesus is alive. the resurrection, even though they had seen the healings of Jesus, even though they had heard his teachings, without the resurrection, they went right back to their old life. And Matthew 28, 16 through 20 says this, now the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped, when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. These are the last words that Jesus spoke on earth to his apostles. And he gives them a command. And his command is simply this, don't keep this to yourself. He says, go. Get out of here. Don't stand around waiting for me to come back. Don't look at the sky. Go. Make disciples of all nations. Do for others what I did to you. Teach them. Baptize them. And here's the best part for them. He said, I'm always with you. That's what they were so heartbroken about before, right? That Jesus was gone. And Jesus promises, I'm always with you. And the Holy Spirit dwells within us. The presence of Jesus is always within us for those who believe that we're filled with his Holy Spirit to continue the things that Jesus came to this earth to start. He is with us to do that. But the message is don't keep this to yourselves. And the same message that he spoke to them 2,000 years ago is the same message we need to hear. That we need to believe in the resurrection, then we can't keep it to ourselves. Disciples, if you are a follower of Jesus, that's what a disciple is. Disciples make other disciples. So this morning, do you believe that Jesus is alive? Do you believe that? And maybe it's the first time you've ever said that. And and my invitation to you, I just want to say welcome. Because that's all it takes. I mean, at first, that's the first step is just to simply acknowledge that. Say, I do believe that. I do believe the Bible says that's the first step. That's a one step in many, but that's the first step. If you've done that today, if you say, I do believe, and maybe that's the first time you've ever done that, I just want to welcome you. But maybe today, this is just uh, the beginning for you. And maybe you've believed this for a long time. I guess my question to you is, who do you need to tell about it? Who do you need to tell the good news of Jesus Christ to today? I'd encourage you to pick up your cell phone, text them. Hey, I want to talk to you about something. Hey, I want to invite you to this. Hey, I, you know, do whatever it is. Go to their house, visit them. But who do you need to tell the good news of Jesus Christ to today and this week? You see, the Easter story, is, it's not too good to be true. You just have to see it for yourself. It's too good for you to keep to yourself. So don't do it. Don't keep the Easter story to yourself. 
Share the good news of Jesus Christ. We call this our time of invitation. And we're going to have our elders of the church. We've got a few elders here that serve. And uh, they're going to be at the back of the room. And, uh, you know, maybe today you feel like there's some sort of tug. And maybe you did acknowledge that Jesus is your Savior for the first time today. I want you to know these guys would love to hear about it. They'd love to talk to you about it. They'd love to pray with you about it. i love to do the same. Maybe today you're just kind of struggling. Uh, maybe you've got something going on, a health problem or, or some issue going on in your life. These guys are here to pray for you. Don't be shy about going back and talking to them about something that you have to pray about. Um, but if you, if you made the decision to follow Jesus today and you want to make that public, we didn't challenge you to do that. Maybe today you thought, you know, I thought I was following Jesus, but maybe I'm seeing that maybe there's some things in my life that I need to make right with God. Those guys are there to talk to you about that. If you do follow Jesus, I want to challenge you to think about who am I going to tell about? Who am I going to tell the good news of Jesus Christ to today? Let's stand together. If you've got anything you want to talk to, go to the back of the room. Those guys are standing there. If you've got something you want to come down front to talk about, I'd be happy to meet you halfway, and I'll see you coming. Let's sing this song together. <laughs>